0: Hi, Coconut Heads. It's your girl, G. Today, it's just me, and I wanted to share my thoughts. But let me introduce myself first, just in case this is your first time listening. I am one of the co-hosts of the Coconut Connection podcast, G, and we talk about our culture, we talk about culture in general, art, things that are going on in the world, and our quirky obsessions and opinions about things. Today is just going to be me. I'm going to try to do this in one take. I'm actually going to do this in one take because ain't nobody got time for <laughs> multiple takes. Um, and I will try not to talk so loud. The um, reason why um, I haven't been podcasting is because I lo- I've i been losing my voice every single week at the end of the week. So um, today I figure I'd uh, record a podcast episode while my My throat has been good. I have something to drink on the side. Ah, So I am ready. So we all do this. First of all, I am thankful for Veterans on Veterans Day. Now, I have my own viewpoints on war, imperialism, all the things, right? But nonetheless, there are soldiers who risked their lives and served, like my dad, my uncles, my cousins, and family and friends. Mm -hmm. And I acknowledge that, you know, they had, you know, served and risked their lives at one point. All had different reasons for serving. My dad, uh, I'm going to talk about my dad because specifically why Veterans Day to me um, is more about thinking about my dad. Um my dad was drafted so there was no choice there. He had to go. He was drafted to serve the Vietnam War. I remember seeing pictures of his time there. Um he took many pictures and I actually had a whole have a whole slide collection that he um that he has one day I'll bring myself to to really look at them. And but the ones that I ha- did see He was young, fresh faced, you know, he was a, he was a, uh, you know, a youthful version of my dad. And it just makes me think like he was so young being out there, you know, uh, away from Hawaii, you know, to to a totally different place. And I, I could just imagine, right? I remember seeing pictures of his time there. He didn't talk about his time there often, with me at least. I've heard him talk about it to other people, but not specifically to me. So I kind of heard here and there. But I am sure he had PTSD from his experience. I know this because in the 80s and 90s, there were a lot of movies about the Vietnam War And my dad wasn't really a fan because in his mind, the sound effects alone were triggering. Um, I think one of the films he tried to watch, he had a hard time watching. And eventually he walked out of the theater. So that surround sound of, you know, battle and helicopters and everything really triggered him. So he made sure that after that, he didn't watch any of those types of movies. Um, I can only imagine the fear and the terror he experienced and the memories that he had in the darkest parts of his mind. Um, Decades later, about a year before he died, he received a letter from the VA that that he was exposed to Agent Orange and they acknowledged that it may have affected his health. And it would explain some of the ailments he had been experiencing throughout his life. So with that, on Veterans Day, I honor those who have served. And I especially honor my dad. Rest in peace. So for our topic, our main topic that I wanted to talk about was UNDAS. Now, Some of you may or may not know what Undas is. I uh, admittedly only found out about it literally like now. (laughs) Um, So the holidays Dia de los Muertos and Undas were last week. Um, And I was talking to my sister-in-law about Undas because it's something that I had just learned about. And so since she's actually from the Philippines, she was telling me about how she celebrated Undas back home. Sure, I heard of Undas, but I wasn't quite sure what it really was. I had never heard of it all my life. Uh, She explained to me that it was a reunion of sorts for her, and it was something that, you know, she looked forward to. There was no school for two days, um, so I remember in Catholic school, we had two days off, all souls and all saints day off, which is the two days after Halloween. So I immediately made that connection. So there was that. So, but we didn't never celebrate it. Und us. Um, she told me her family would spend the two days at the cemetery buying and setting, setting, laying down, like sitting down flowers for each of the graves of her relatives a tent would be put up and she said they would bring food and visit with others at the cemetery um, who were also doing the same thing. And this would be like for two days. And I thought to myself, this is the first time hearing this. Um, my family never did anything remotely like this. Sure, we went to church, but we didn't build altars or for other people. Like we had an altar at home, but it was just like. You know, it's a statue of baby Jesus and Mary and the rosary, right? It was no pictures of, like, people of that have passed. We don't have any pictures of people that have passed in my, my childhood home. Now, granted, like, the graves of our relatives were either in the Philippines or Hawaii. So I could understand that part because... uh you know, we weren't remotely near those graves. However, there was no talk of Undas and what that was. So I, it was a learning. <laughs> this was a like a learning thing for me. And it makes sense to me why I was so drawn to Dia de los Muertos and how I loved the idea and the practice and the ritual of honoring and remembering loved ones. I started thinking about how much I missed out. I put missed out in quotes. <laughs> What other holidays and rituals did I, quote unquote, missed? Um, why didn't my mom, who was from the Philippines, teach me about these things? Um, you're probably like, what about your dad? Uh, well, yeah, true. My dad, um, both of his parents are are from the Philippines, but he was born and raised in Hawaii. And at that time, it was all about, you know, assimilating and speaking English very well. Um, And I, I think also about how I missed out on growing up with my grandparents in the house. Both sets of my grandparents were far away, and I started feeling regret, but I was also happy and hopeful that my niece will learn the language and these rituals from her mom, who is from the Philippines. It was... You know, that was all lost on us, my brothers and I, but I feel comfort and hopeful that it will not be lost on her. So the next day, um, I felt a different perspective. I saw a different perspective and I thought to myself, well, I might not have grown up with my grandparents around every single day, however... My parents raised us on Filipino values. Uh, We might not know the language, but we understand the value of respect. We don't cook Filipino food, but of course, we'll eat it. (laughs) We don't know the rituals, but we grew up on family traditions, like our own family traditions. We grew up celebrating milestone birthdays and graduations um, of my parents' makeshift tribe, their friends and family here. And we grew up with big family energy. When we spent summers on Oahu with our grandparents, I remember running around the Visayan Club in Waipahu with my cousins all night while there was live music being played, um, watching my grandparents ballroom dance, and smelling roast pig that was being turned over and over the fire we grew up around a lot of talk story. Um, you know, the kids were always around the elders. And you hear, here on the mainland, we grew up spending night, late nights at parties with my dad while he's playing music. And hearing laughter and loud voices from my aunties and uncles um, talk story. So now... We play music, we continue the tradition, and we enjoy making others happy. We share our talents. We're not shy to perform at family parties. I mean, that's something we want to pass on to my niece. And for all those things, I'm grateful. So I realized I did not miss out. I grew up with values. I grew up with some traditions that were passed, either passed on to us or actually created um, in this new life, you know, that my parents built for us. I'm not saying that I'm fully on board and mechanical to all these values, like the double standards of girls and boys, like how they're raised. Um, ugh, don't even get me started on that. But that's with every generation, right? I mean, I grew up around a lot of strong women, strong in faith and perseverance. They never abandoned their family. They worked hard to make sure their kids had a solid foundation of values, faith, and education. So this is my new perspective. Feelings of regret and FOMO are not really helpful to me. What is helpful is what I can do now. And I can incorporate new rituals and make it my own. No appropriation at all, knowing that this is part of my ancestry and culture. I give grace to those that have come before. They carved out a new path, a new way, new possibilities and dreams for us. The future. I will take responsibility to represent and pass on the traditions that I value to my nieces and nephews the best I can. I will practice... (laughs) And I laugh because anybody that knows me knows that I don't cook anymore. Um, that's a whole other podcast episode, but I'm changed, I'm shifting my perspective. I, I, I'm gonna look at food as actually honoring tradition and the values that I grew up on. So I will practice making food and recipes that remind me of my parents and my grandma Alipag as a way to honor the past and remember my childhood. I will continue to display my altar and I'm going to continue to remember my deceased loved ones and be thankful that I grew up with their customs and traditions. And because of them, I've been offered this life. All right. For my next segment, I want to do a movie review. Now, if you've been a long-time listener, you know that I love watching movies. Um, I I have a movie... Um, what is it called? A movie pass? That allows us to watch movies, like new movies, three times a week. And uh, there wasn't a lot of movies that I watched in October. But this is one of the movies that I made a point to watch because I... Had seen like the trailers from like months, like months before. And so it was finally here. So I wanna do a movie review on Killers of the Flower Moon. It is uh I will not give any spoilers in here, but I will give you my opinion on it. So this story is based on a novel called Killers of the Flower Moon, and it's about the Osage people and a time in history um, called the reign of terror where um, a lot of native Americans Osage were being murdered and nobody knew who I mean quote-unquote knew who was doing it so the premise of the story is that uh, the Osage had their piece of the land like a really corner of Oklahoma that nobody wanted now we know in history that you know Native Americans were pushed out of their land and just kind of pushed in and concentrated on reservations so this land that the Osage actually owned they got together and they bought this piece of land and it was a rocky area nobody wanted it um the whites didn't want it because you couldn't farm on there. There was, it was not good, good, a good place to farm. So the Osage felt like, okay, we just want to be left alone. We're going to buy this corner of Oklahoma. And so they did. Little did they know that that piece of land had oil field, like oil, oil on it. Right. So basically they became, they became wealthy. They, the Osage people like, divided all the money amongst themselves and they were the wealthy at one point, the wealthiest people in America. So that's the premise of the story. Um, So then they bring in this, this story about um, uh, a guy named Ernest who, who, who comes in and, and there's sort of a romance, I want to say between him and an Osage uh, person So I don't want to give away a lot of the story I want to just give you my opinion about it And hopefully you can make a decision to watch it I would say uh, The directing The storytelling was very good It's Martin Scorsese So he knows how to tell a good story I was a little concerned Because it's coming This The telling of the story comes from um, a white man, not a Native American. However, I feel like a movie of that, like with the, the budget that it has, would not be told in that grand grand scheme of way, I'm not even saying this right, a, a bigger like budget way, if it wasn't somebody that was Martin Scorsese who has a big name. Unfortunately, you know, that part is true he had, he put his name on it. Um, I understand that the original story that, because he had written the screenplay too, which was another, another, uh, concern I had, right. Again, he's telling the story. It's not like he, he had took somebody else's screenplay and he's directing it. It's like he actually created the story too. So, um I think it was two white men that made it. But at some point because of COVID they had to pause on like production. So they had talked to they got into more talks with the Osage and they pivoted to tell a different story. Originally the story was uh was about how the FBI investigated this crime. And how they get involved in this part of history. So when he had consulted the Osage, you know they were concerned about you know where 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 is this story being told from. So um, that was an interesting part, like the interviews that I've heard and and read. Um, there was some consultation. I know it's not going to be a perfect film, but there was some consultation. So they pivoted and they told the story through the eyes of this guy, Ernest, who's still like the white character of the movie. I highly recommend that you watch uh this uh this life with Lisa Ling about the old sage and the Reign of Terror. Um I think it's important to to watch that because it's it has like the generation Generations after Their family is talking about their ancestors And how uh, You know the story hasn't passed on But it really hasn't been talked about um, Kind of like how You know I didn't hear Much about the Tulsa The Tulsa riot And uh, or the riot The you know the black wall street At school either And I went to 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 College too and didn't hear about that um, acting, solid acting from De Niro, Robert De Niro, Lily Gladstone, and Leo DiCaprio. Um, it didn't disappoint. Like they really did their, their, um, they acted their asses off. <laughs> so I wouldn't be surprised if they got nominated for, you know, best actor if, for this movie. Um, I will say after I had watched you know this life with Lisa Ling, which is on, like it's. You can think as you can get it streaming. I think it's CNN, but um, I had watched that. So when I saw the trailer about it, um, it was marketed as a romance, like like freaking like t- Titanic. I was gonna say Titanic, <laughs> Titanic, and that kind of annoyed me because number one, I'm not really into romance romances, and number two. I was like, I know this isn't a romance. I also braced myself that this story was going to be told as a white savior story. That Leo DiCaprio was going to swoop in and fix this, you know, Osage Native American indigenous woman's life, you know, uh, because he loved her, you know. And I was like, not for it. Um, So. What I wanted from this movie, which I knew that um, already going in, I wasn't I was kind of keeping an open mind and like like accepting that this was not going to be told from the Osage point of view. And it didn't. I think it was centered more on uh, Leo DiCaprio's character, Ernest, and how he was just trying to make a life and, you know, care for his family. But Without spoiling it, I I think it was too much sympathy. uh, Like I said, he acted his ass off, but then, like, the directing and the vision of it, I felt like it's sort of fuzzy. But, you know, sometimes life is fuzzy. Sometimes it's not black or white or a clear-cut thing, but... And it it's it's like there he wanted you to have sympathy for both sides. And I just wasn't buying it. Um but what I appreciated about it was that it was a spotlight on this part of history. Um like I said, it's not written anywhere. And but and even seeing the pictures, the real pictures of the Eosage and their wealth and everything, it's just like oh, Twilight Zone to me, like wow, this is amazing. Right. Like, like this is a different perspective and it's kind of like Black Wall Street. Like what would it have been like if those things had not happened? Like what would the world look like? I'm sure it would look totally different. And I definitely think it's a conversation starter. Um, I think Martin Scorsese definitely created conversation and hopefully encouraging, um, you know, Hollywood and indigenous to tell their stories, um, tell more of their stories. So with that, I, I highly recommend uh, watch Killers of the Flower Moon. Have your own opinion about it. It's not a perfect movie, but it's definitely worth talking about. Well, that's all I got for you. Listen to our podcast, The Coconut Connection, every other Sunday. We have YouTube and Spotify if you want to watch videos of our podcasts. Please share and follow us. Until next time, bye.